This morning we're, talk, we're going to talk about um, the believer's rest, the word rest in the Bible. And I think it's uh, appropriate. I was thinking about this um, after the, the time when I talked about God's will and the anxiety that that can generate if you're not sure if you're in it, if you're not sure what that looks like. And I, it was too much to bite off for to cram that all into one. So I, I thought I'd um, you know, save it for another day. And then when uh, Mike started talking about uh, fear, I thought, well, this, this is going to work well together. So, uh, and I hope it will. Um, basically, uh, with what he said, you know, if we don't fear the world and if we fear our Creator, then we are going to have rest, as we'll see. To, to introduce, I'd like to just start with an example. Um, I was called for jury duty uh, a couple months ago. And so uh, this, earlier, this, earlier this month when I went, um, I was curious. It was, it was for a trial that was going to be eight to ten weeks long uh, in federal court. And I thought, what is this going to look? What is this? You know, this isn't just some little case. And it turned out that it was the, um, the LSD lab in the missile silo case near Womigo. Um, so, so we all filed into the back of the courtroom. Um, and the, the, the lawyers were there for both sides. The defendants were there. <clears throat> um, and the defendants were were not they were not they were not peaceful they were they were very nervous they were, they didn't look like they were you know they were facing and I learned so, a lot of this later afterwards reading the paper of course I was interested after you know I learned about the case in the courtroom but couldn't really learn about more of it until I was rejected as a juror or not called but uh, um, these people are up for life in prison if they get convicted. Um, it would have been the biggest LSD lab in the world, as I understand it, if it had gone in production. One of the guys was the LSD chemist of the two. Um, he was the uh, he grew up in a Baptist home. He was the son of a Baptist uh, minister, and I don't know what that looked like. But somehow, um, from his childhood, where he was, he may have been presented with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He went um, out west. And pretty soon, uh, as of a couple of years ago, he was in a conspiracy. He was hiding, producing, um, trying to produce LSD. His cohorts turned federal testimony on him. Um, there were stakeouts. There were wiretaps. And now he's probably going to, he will most likely end up in the federal penitentiary for the rest of his life. Um, I say that because it, he turned away from, from the rest that he could have had. And that's where we're going to go this morning. Um, there are uh, you can start turning towards while well, I talk about the meanings of the word or rest in the Bible. You can start turning towards Hebrews chapter four, and also the end of the chapter before that, chapter three. That's where we're going to be uh, most of the time this morning. The four uh, the four meanings of the word rest, which are all in this. T- they are all within this passage we're going to read. Um, it touched on in different ways. Um, the first one is creation. God rested on the seventh day. He, it's the source of the Sabbath day commemoration. That's where that came from. That's going to be touched on um, in this uh, passage, Hebrews chapter 4. Rest can also mean the promised land for Israel. After the Hebrew nation was led out of uh, Egypt by God, out of slavery, they were promised the land of Canaan where there was going to be security for them. 
they were going to be able to live their lives in physical peace. They weren't going to be attacked. It was going to be a um, it was going to place for them to worship God, for them to be His people, um, with rest, with physical security. The last two the last two means we're going to kind of lump together uh, life with Christ. Now, sort of a, these last two are more spiritual in nature. Life with Christ now uh, mean spiritual security, knowing that our future is with Him. And then our, the, the last one is our final destination, um, eternity with God. That's also um, a meaning for the word rest. At the end of, um, in Hebrews, I'd like to cover some of the context of the book. It was written to uh, Jewish believers who were being persecuted, who were they, for, for either outright wanting to go back to Judaism or perhaps just sort of sliding slowly back to um, where they had come from. They were tempted to, to, to turn their back on their new faith, their new belief. Um, so the whole book of, of Hebrews is about how... Uh, Christ is supreme. He's better than any priest. The new covenant of Christ is better than the old covenant. That's the theme of the whole book. And, and uh, chapter 3, the end of it is starting to talk about um, the author is using um, the unbelief of, of the Israelites when they were right at the door of the promised land they they didn't they they were afraid the you know spies had been sent in there's giants in the land we can't do it they they did not believe god sent them into the wilderness for 40 years and the author of hebrews is using that as an example of what not to do spiritually for us today or for the for the uh the recipients of in in that during that time of the book of hebrews um, I'm going to start in uh, verse 8, and this is the first part, this is in chapter 3, by the way, verse 8. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of verses, um, and we're going to read them and then talk about them. This is actually a quote from Psalm 95. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they, looked, as when they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by testing me and saw my works for forty years. Therefore I, was, therefore I was angry with this generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they did not know my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. For, for, for the Israelites, I think that, that rest it could have a... Spiritually rest, I think, can be valid throughout history. But for them, it also meant the physical rest of... Of the of the promised land, um, that's gonna you're gonna hear that word my rest throughout the rest of this chapter and chapter four. Chapter four is gonna explain exactly how that what the the what the relationship between um, the rest of the Israelites and how it's a picture. It's like a parallel analogy for us today and for the Christian. Um, a warning not to not to turn back and be unbelieving as the Israelites were back then. The other key word in, the, in that, in what I just read, was the first word, today. You're going to hear the word today repeated over and over 
through um, the end of chapter 8 and, and chapter 4. So I'd like you to key in on that. Uh, I have to say right now that, uh, as I understand it, this book was written to Christians, and it's going to talk about unbelief throughout, throughout here. And a lot of this sounds like you can, I think it can sound like you can lose your salvation. If you read it as if someone believed and then they can somehow unbelieve and lose that rest, I don't think that's what it's saying and I'm not going to go there. But um, I do think, here's how I think it could be. If you're not believing yet, then, then obviously unbelief and belief as you're starting out makes sense and, and, and that's applicable. It also could be a sort of hypothetical construction that the author is using to say, look at the, look at the, look at the consequences. Look what you, if you give up what you have, look what, look what you are giving up. Um, and I'd like to, I don't want to get hung up on that whole thing. I want to I focus on what we have as believers. I'll say that right out. Uh, verse 12, uh, take care, brethren, that there, are not, that there not be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after, today, day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance, firm until the end. While it is said, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as when they provoked me. For who provoked... Here's he's going to start talking about some rhetorical questions. Uh, he's going to ask, and then he's going to answer. For who provoked him when they had heard? Indeed, did not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that that they were not able to enter because of belief. This is an example. He was quoting this for the for the Christian's sake to say, "Don't go. Don't. You can't turn your back on the supreme sacrifice, the better covenant, because this is an example of." This is what happened to the Israelites who had, they'd seen, they'd seen the plagues in Egypt. They'd seen all the provision that God had given to them in the wilderness. So they get to the door and they say, and they doubt, they, they, they rebel. God doesn't, does, God doesn't give them the rest of the land of Canaan. And so this is, a, this is an example for us. Um, it sets the stage for chapter 4. Um, don't turn away. Don't. You know, for us today, I don't know the application. We're not, obviously, we're not, um, we're not Jews, but there are lots of, you can think of in terms of a works mentality. Um, somebody who may come out of, um, of a cult like uh, Jehovah's Witness or Mormons, even the Roman Catholic Church, um, you, can, you can be tempted to go back. Even a Christian who aren't any of that, if you start thinking in works mentality, you're, you're veering off the path and you are you're straining into disobedience. Not that you can lose your salvation, but you can, you can lose the, the concept of the, re, of the rest that God's given you. That sets the stage for chapter 4. I'm going to start reading again. As soon as I get my notes fast. Uh, chapter, uh, verse 1, Therefore let us fear if, while a promise remains of entering his rest any one of you may seem to have come short of it. Again, it almost sounds rhetorical to me. 
For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard, they being the Israelite nation, did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who heard. For we who have believed entered that rest, just as he said, As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has said somewhere concerning the seventh day, And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage, They shall not enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience, he again fixes a certain day, today, saying through David, after so long a time, just as had been said before, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. The reference to Joshua is, is the people that were eventually allowed to go into the promised land. And if that was all the rest that there was, if they'd have just gotten security in the land, um, he's, he's pointing out that there's a spiritual element to that. People after Joshua have been given rest. And we all know from our history that they didn't have, they had ended up not having physical rest in the promised land because of continued sin and disobedience. They never accomplished that. Yet we do have a rest as a believer in Jesus Christ. I'd like to read uh, uh, another verse. Don't turn there, but I'm just going to read it. It's in uh, reference to uh, verse 2 of this chapter, where it says that uh, um, they did not profit from the good news because it was not, not united by faith in those who heard. Jeremiah 6, chapter Chapter 6, verse 16 says, Thus says the Lord, Stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. And that sounds great. It sounds like what we all want. And what's the last part of the verse say? But they said, We will not walk in it. The, the Israelites were hard-hearted. They had become numb, cold to, to the gospel, to God, and... And that's what, this is another warning for us, not to be like that in any way. The first eight verses of this chapter seem to me to be very hard to, it's almost like a tongue twister to me, the way he's alternately uh, quoting Old Testament passages, and the language seems tough to make sense of to me, at least it did the first time I read it. If you boil it down, um, my summary that I've come up with is, if we believe we're restored to the state of relationship with God on the seventh day, the seventh day of creation. It's His rest that we're entering in. It's a spiritual rest that we enter through belief in Jesus Christ. And so, uh, that's the references, the references to, uh, to creation and to His completed work are that after, on the seventh, he didn't rest on the seventh day because he was tired. He rested because it was complete. We were all, there was no problem, there was no sin. It was perfect. Um, and that's what we're going back into. That's what the rest is, is we're re-entering that state with him. Verse 6 says, Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, that's you and I. That's not the children of Israel. And that's what he's trying to say. He's trying to say that there's a rest for us now, just like there was um, for them, 
and even for the, the uh, Israelites before them, it wasn't a physical place. It was a place to be with God. A place to, um, for our souls. I'd like to talk now, continue on, and this kind of shift gears back from, um, I want to start talking and discussing about the Sabbath day. That's, it's, it's already been referenced, but it starts, uh, it's referenced again in verse 9. Uh, I'll start at verse 8 just to keep the flow going. For if Joshua had, been given, had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest, so that no one will fail through following the same example of disobedience. When I was growing up, or when I was, or even until I started studying this, I always thought of the Sabbath as being, you know, a day that we needed. You know, physical. We needed physical rest. We needed. We needed. Um, rest for our brain, rest for our muscles. You know, I always thought of it as reclining, relaxing. Um, that was always the focus. And I never really understood why. what was the big deal about that and why was it so stern in the Old Testament. You know, I think if I don't have the, it right in front of me, but at one point it says that if people weren't keeping the Sabbath, they were to be killed, put to death in Deuteronomy. And I always had, I was like, what? Why would, what is so special about that? Because I was thinking about it in terms of, again, reclining, relaxing, R&R, okay? But it, it occurred to me while I was studying this that, that the most important reason for the Sabbath day is the idea that, is the, that, is that the Sabbath commemorates the completed work of God, that we can't add anything to what God's done. We can't, anything, we can't add anything to creation. We can't add anything under our own power to our circumstances here on earth. We can't save our own souls. Uh, that's something that, they, that, um, that Israel forgot. They, the, there were giants in the land. They thought, oh, we can't defeat them. Um, you know, if David didn't think he could have defeated Goliath, you know, he never would have tried. He knew that God was the source of his... Um, Strength, it was God's battle to fight and win. And so the Sabbath day for them was a, was a, remember, a day of remembrance of, of just where they stood in the state of things, where they were in the, uh, I don't want to say the word pecking order, but, but where, you know, where, uh, where was their source of power? It was with God. And that's true for us today, too. Uh, verse 10, For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works, as God did with, from his. You know, we don't strive to save ourselves. We don't, we, that burden is not on us. Um, and even though we're not under the law today, and we don't observe a Sabbath day, per se, um, I think it'd be a good idea to... Um, to every day, remember the, I'm going to use the term spirit of the Sabbath day, and just remembering exactly who is our strength and who is our source. That in and of itself can, can remind us of the rest that we have, the rest for our souls. I'd also like to add something um, that's a little bit of a, it's related, it's kind of a tangent, and that is um, that Christ also, no, I'm not, it doesn't mention the word rested, but Christ also 
in a sense, uh, rested or sat down. Later in Hebrews, uh, I mentioned this to say that his sacrifice was complete for us. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 10 through 14. By this we will... By this we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Every priest stands, daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But he, having offered one sacrifice for for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. I read that only because it sounds like what God the Father did after creation. It, it, uh, it reminds me that uh, we don't have to, again, we don't have to add to our own, to the salvation of our own souls. We cannot add to the saving of our own souls. If we try to strive and do things under our own power, either to save our own, ourselves or to accomplish something here on earth, we're not going to experience God's rest. We're, we're, we're actually being disobedient, I believe, when we do that. So that's... Um, so that's um, we, we need to remember that. I want to read through the end of the chapter, and, and I love the ending of this chapter, so um, let's go there. Chapter, or verse 12, this is back in Hebrews chapter 4. The word of God is a living and act is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart and there is no creature hidden from his sight but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do Therefore and I, this is the part I, I love this part Therefore since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of, God, of grace, so that we may have receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And I just love that, that uh, they ended this chapter with those verses. I mean... What have we been listening? What have we been talking to? Uh, what, what have we been listening to earlier? As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Um, they shall not enter my rest. Do not harden your hearts. You know this sounds like a very tough job. It sounds like, I mean, as it's mentioned in uh, in verse twelve, um, God is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. He knows us. He knows where we're at, where we were at, in our sinful state. Um, this provision for us is is very uplifting, and it's a great ending to this chapter because it is the true source of our rest. Um, I want to read uh, uh, some some uh, the words of Jesus on um, in Matthew chapter eleven twenty eight through twenty nine. It says, "Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me." Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Also at the end of the Bible it says in Revelation 21, He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of water, of life. I will, I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life, 
without cost. We don't have to... Why would I'll just say it this way. Why would anyone think of turning back? Turning back to, to um, the law. Turn back to um, works in general. You know, if you've tasted this, if you've tasted uh, the person who uh, sympathizes with our weaknesses, the one who's been tempted like we were and yet did not sin, the one who will the one who will give us mercy and grace when we need it. That's somebody that we can run to. It's somebody that we can approach. And so I want to encourage all of us to um, take advantage of that to, uh, in, our, in our everyday lives, um, not fear the world, not do fear the God who created us, and also approach the approachable Savior that we have. Um, I'm just I'm very thankful for for what um, God did by providing Jesus Christ for us. Two conclusions I have, um, and if close an example, if I could sum up this with two things, it would be number one, two uh, word themes is what I'm calling them. One is believe today. Those are the two words that you find throughout here. You know, the reason that's, that today is mentioned is because there may not be a tomorrow. Either because you might die sooner than you expect, or because eventually there's going to be a time when God's going to judge. And so, I like the urgency of today. Don't put off today. Don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. And the other key is to believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And you'll enter the rest that God's provided for us. And number two, under our own steam, we can't add anything to God's creation. We can't add anything to His work here on earth. And we can't save our own souls. Let's remember, let's keep the spirit of the Sabbath day um, and remember who our source is of strength, who's our source of salvation. And let it, I'd like for it to let us, to, to let it shift our perspective. Uh, I, I think that with, along with fear and, and fearing God, I think a lot of times we, we, we forget where our proper place is in the, in the scheme of things. And I think that it's very easy to, um, to forget what we have, to forget who we were and who we now are in Christ. Um, let's, let's remember what we have in Christ, that he saved us and that he's given us rest and that, and that the things of this earth don't matter. And in closing, I, I asked Tanya if I could use this example, and she said I could. Her grandmother, uh, whose name is Brana, uh, she just found out, she's been sick for quite a long time. She's had congestive heart failure, and she, uh, She's dying of advanced lung cancer, she just found out, and it's spread to her inter- other internal organs. She has about um, a month, a month and a half, two months to live. And Tanya was talking on the phone with her, and um, Tanya asked her if she was saved, if she knew the Lord, and, and Brana said, uh, yes, but I can't really remember the details. And uh, she said, you know, Tanya, I just wish I had more I wish I had more assurance. I just wish I had more 
you know, peace about where I... She, I don't know if she said where I was going, but she just, you know, I wish I had more peace. And, uh, you know, I thought of that. Um, that she doesn't have rest. She doesn't know where she's going. I'm sure it's kind of, you know, when you're faced with death, I'm sure that's a great unknown, in, physically in a way. I know it's, it's easy to say, it's easy to say, well, you should just have rest. But um, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, for Ron, it was a consequence of her being nominally saved, um, not walking with the Lord. She'd had a rough life. She'd done a lot of things that she regretted. I think her life was filled with regret over various things, family issues and whatnot. And uh, that was just crowding out everything that she could have had. If she'd have been walking with the Lord her life, as we all should do, then I think she would have she would have much greater sense of where she would be going to be with her Father in heaven. And so I'd like to uh, encourage us to do that very thing to to walk with the Lord every day. To instead of instead of the Hebrews who said we will not walk in it, I'd like to say let us walk in it every day. Let us um, remind ourselves what we have in Jesus Christ. And I'd also like to pray for Brana that. Uh, that she might experience that before she goes to be with him. Lord, thank you for the provision of your of your Son Jesus Christ that's given us um, eternal life, and that we don't have to worry about um, where our souls are going. That we have been reunited with you, as it was at the seventh day before sin entered the world. Just pray, Lord, that you would help us to. Uh, if we have been neglecting you, if we have been uh, tempted to, to turn back in some way on your gospel, that I pray that you would uh, help us to believe, help us to believe today, to go back to, uh, to you, to go back to the approachable Son of God. I pray for Brana, Lord, that in these last days of her life, that, that you would make clear to her through whatever means you, you see fit, I pray, Lord, that you'd make clear to her in her last days that she can have rest in you and that she can let go of this life to be with you, which is the real life, the life to come. And I pray, Lord, that, um, that all of us would use Brana as an example, uh, a negative example, Lord, of what not to do, that, uh, that we should walk with you every day and that we should be, thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.